This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. Want to know what's going on in your neck of the woods and learn the history and the people behind the events that you love across the state? Get to know the real Mississippi. Check out MPB Think Radio's Next Stop Mississippi podcast on all platforms or on the MPB public media app. From MPB Think Radio, this is AutoCorrect, helping you correct your auto problems. Our host is Coach Charlie Melton. I'm Jermaine Flood. Today, we're talking about windows and new windshield tech, and we're here to help steer you in the right direction. You can always email questions to our address, auto at mpbonline.org. Hello, Coach Charlie. Hello. How are you doing today? I'm doing good. I'm not doing as good as you, though, as you just gave me your morning rundown. Well, you know, you get up at 4.30 in the morning, you walk, you get all this stuff done. You know, more you can do in the morning times, better it is for the day. Coach did not walk just from the door to the mailbox. Coach did about, what, four miles about at least? four miles this morning, yes. <laughs> Three to four miles. Then you looked at a vehicle. Then I looked at a vehicle. Then I went to the eye doctor already this morning, went and changed vehicles. Now I'm on a talk show. Then I go pick up an engine. So it's a long day. Man, man. A lot going on. It's a lot going on, but you keep it all scheduled out and, and right. done up. Look at you, That's coach. Right. And now you're here on the show, 4.30 to 10 a.m. There you That's go. <laughs> Well, today we're not only talking about Coach's full schedule, we're also talking about windows and new windshield tech. Our email address for questions is auto at mpbonline.org. The phone number, 1-877-MPB-RING. That's 1-877-672-7464. I got a little uh, explanation, not a definition. Just a little explanation. But I got a little explanation. (laughs) From heads-up displays to Gorilla Glass to panoramic and wiperless windshields, new innovative glass technologies are being used on automotives and have been taking the industry by storm. Do you agree? I agree. You know, we used to have where you just own, I think it used to be Cadillacs all the time, you'd have the speedometer on the windshield, and I thought that was just so fancy. Yeah. But that's old tech now. That's in the past. Poor me. I never even saw that on my vehicle yet. (laughs) Now we're into many, (laughs) many different things for help us driving and and things to help keep us safe. Right. You know, if that's some of the things, you know, we used to take for granted now are integrated in that vehicle and it has to come through the front of that windshield. Right. Right. Now, when I was shopping for my latest vehicle, my Mazda, they did give me a little loaner that had a heads up display. And I thought that was pretty cool because it kind of told you where you were in the lane, where people were around you. Then your your speedometer was up there as well. So I liked it. Um, it could be a little distracting. I don't know. You know, I didn't I don't really like the speedometer and everything on the windshield. I didn't like that because one thing you just said, because it's distracting. Yeah, because you're looking at that and you're really not paying attention to what's going on the front of on you. the other side of on that the other side of that. You're just making sure you got the speed going and stuff like that. Yeah. So you wanted to be that was one of those things I didn't like about that system. Right. But today's system, most of them are either cruise it deals with cruise control, deals with lane uh, assist and all and uh Different things like that that will keep you safe. Right. You know, emergency braking. You know, all these vehicles out there now, just think if you're going, you got cruise going on and you're got it set at 75 miles an hour and you come up to a vehicle and it's going 65 miles an hour. 
automatically that vehicle starts slowing down. Your vehicle yeah. slows down. Yeah, yeah. Because that's adapted cruise. Right. Okay, and, and then you have emergency braking. If you're going to come up to something and it can see it, it's going to put the brakes on automatically for you so you don't have that accident. Right, right, you right. I, I think a lot of times uh, we used to – Drive around, we had cracks in our windshields. We see that all the time now yeah. since they did away with inspection stickers. Right. But now uh, it's very, very important not to have those cracks in your windshield or those chips in your windshield due to the windshield being able to see, the cameras and the sensors being able to see in front. If anything obstructs their view, well, now it's pretty easy to have accidents. See, now I've, I've a, a level I have um, leveled up in anxiety. If I was to have those smart windshields, <laughs> now when a rock hits it, I'm really mad. Well, you know, we used to say, "Well, don't let that crack be the middle of the driver's eye or the middle of the vision." Yeah. Well, now a crack can be anywhere in that vehicle, and if that sensor, and really, it's it's maybe not so much the windshield; mm-hmm. it's really uh, the rearview mirror. Everything, a lot of that stuff is right there sitting in that rearview mirror. And, you know, you got to replace the rearview mirror when you replace the windshield. You just got to take it off and put a new one on. And so you got to be careful if you have an accident or anything can move that rearview mirror mm-hmm. in that windshield. Mm-hmm. And when you do that, then everything is thrown off. Right. And now everything has to be recalibrated. And right. We'll, and we'll get into recalibrating. Right. So we were going to talk about some of the systems like the ADAS system. We're going to talk about how those cracks and uh, can be somewhat dangerous um, if your sensors are not improperly are improperly working. That's right. Um, so we're going to get into all of that, and then also purchasing and replacing. Come on now. <laughs> we used to look for the cheapest. <laughs> Come on, we can't now. do that now. It's not looking for the cheapest. <laughs> and then who does it now is the question. That's right. You know, you used to have to take it somewhere else, and now someone can come to you, and there's all kind of options right. there. So, but then you got to be careful of who you get to do the job. Are they certified? Is the insurance company going to let them do the job due to the recalibration mm-hmm. of the systems? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I like that because I've got a couple questions. I'm writing some things down. <laughs> okay. I have a few questions because me and windshields, we just don't get along. We just really don't. Um, I don't know if Fletch is ready on the line. We've got Fletch on the line. Fletch, you're on with Coach Charlie. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Hope y'all are well. Question. Um, we got a, a 2012 Jeep Cherokee, had some coolant issues. It's overheating. My son would top it off. Um, leak uh, finally came about and paid $1,300 to have the uh, radiator replaced, hoses. Uh, I made the mistake, evidently, of using some stop leak. And they acted like some uh, extra labor had to be done to get that out. Um, used it okay for about a month. Then started the temp started getting back up. My son had to keep topping it off. Um, now they say there's a leak on the I think plastic part, maybe up near the manifold where the uh, oil filter screws in um, with the oil and coolant leak. Um, should that have been part of the first repair? Do you think? Uh, what's the connection there? Well, the first thing they should have done, they should have pressure tested that system, filled it up with uh, coolant or water or whatever, and pressure tested, put pressure on it from whatever the radiator cap would hold. It says usually it's between 13 and 18 uh, pounds of pressure. 
pressure tested it, and then once they put that radiator in there, they found the leak, put the radiator in there, then pressure tested again to make sure there was no other leaks. Because if there was other leaks, they should have fixed that at that same time. You know, and like I say, if you paid $1,400 to have a radiator and hoses replaced, I would definitely take mm-hmm. it back and tell them that they should have pressure, pressure tested that system after they put that radiator in to make sure. Because what happens, a lot of places, what they do, they if they see something obvious, they fix it. And then they say, well, okay, that's fixed. I'm not doing anything else. I'm not going to do an or test. It's well, fixed. They acted like they pressure tested it. Could this something that it just through age it just happened or? Yeah, I'm never really. I've really never seen that uh, where you're talking about that intake, uh, whether that filter housing is there is a water uh, piece there, but I've never really seen that crack. But you know, because that's what it is. Either the gasket is bad or it cracked. But I, I still think they should have found that when they pressure tested it the second time after they made sure that after they put the hoses and the uh, radiator in. I think they should have pressure tested it again. If they say it wasn't there, blah, 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 it's just something new because it may have been, you know, three or four weeks later. Do I have any recourse? They're talking about another $1,200 to repair that. Mm, did you – who's telling you? Is that the manager or the owner of the company or who is it? I think it's essentially the, the, the main person. Okay, is it a, a family a family place in Richland? Okay, so it's not a dealership. Okay. No. Well, I think I would uh, talk to them and talk to whoever owns it and tell them that maybe we can come to some type of agreement since I just paid you this much money and y'all did tell me that this was the problem and now you want to charge me another $1,200. I think I would do it like that. And then if you're not satisfied, then I think I would talk to the Better Business Bureau because that's $2,400 for a coolant leak, that's pretty expensive. Mm. And you think 13 initially was, was on the high end? I do myself. For to put her radiator in hoses, I think that's pretty high. Coach does the radiator and hoses in his sleep, though, Fletch. And, uh, I mean, you know. <laughs> well, I will tell you, I went to a place the other day to have a tire put on a vehicle, and they charged. I just looked at the sign, one hundred forty nine dollars an hour. Now, what you could do is they do have a flat rate manual. You could search research that, and if they charge you flat rate. It tells you how many hours it should take to put that radiator in and how many hours it's due to those hoses, and that's all they're supposed to charge you. Mm-hmm. Well, they acted like that removing that stop leak increased the maintenance of the uh, labor. Mm, stop leak don't have nothing to do with it. Yeah, he was in the radiator. All they had to do was flush the engine out, and they were going to do that anyway. Mm-hmm. Well, Fletch, that help you a little? Good deal. All yes, right. It does. Thank you. Thank all you. right. Thank you, Fletch. Coach, you always got some some good advice. Speaking of good advice, let me read this email. It says, Great Coach Charlie Advice as the title of the email. And it says, I purchased four new tires on my vehicle with the passenger front containing a stripped lug nut unnoticed by me until I had my tires rotated for the required miles. The auto manager said they were able to put the tire on this time, but any future rotations would not be made until I get the problem fixed elsewhere. I took my car to a smaller auto shop and the manager said that the big buy store should reimburse me. In addition, he checked all the other studs for $51. The big box store manager refused to reimburse me because it was noted on the original service ticket, even though no one actually told me of the stripped stud. 
The store also refused to reimburse me for the permanent rotation and tire balance I paid for on each tire. The reason I pursued this with the corporate office is because I didn't want this to happen to anyone else. To me, they should have either number one, told me the stud was stripped or number two, not put a new tire on. Coach Charlie's advice rang in my head. Don't call local, call corporate. And it worked. I learned a lesson. Read the entire service ticket prior to signing. Oh, that's a good job. That's what you, that's, and that's really what we're out there to do is to give the consumer some type of advice and some way to fix their problems. Right. Right. Well, you did that for her. She had you ringing in the back of her head. So <laughs> that's what I'm talking about. <laughs> it worked out. If you've got a question, send your emails to auto at mpbonline.org. We're talking about windows and new windshield tech. Is your car under recall? I'll tell you how you can find out next. You're listening to AutoCorrect with Coach Charlie Melton. I'm Jermaine Flood. If you want even more AutoCorrect, find our podcast on all podcast platforms for your smart device. AutoCorrect is heard on MPB Think Radio Thursday. Thursdays at 10 a.m. with a replay Saturdays at 11 a.m. Well, here's a recent recall and our favorite Groundhog Day story. Takata. (laughs) (laughs) Say more airbags. We love the T word. Here's the T word. Stellanus issues do not drive order for Takata affected 2003 Dodge Ram trucks. You're included now, Dodge Ram. Come on into the fold. A traffic fatality involving a 2003 Dodge Ram 1500 that occurred in May has been potentially linked to the ongoing Takata airbag inflator recall, bringing the total number of confirmed deaths in the U.S. up to 26. During the collision, which caused the airbags to deploy, the owner of the vehicle incurred an injury similar to those observed in previous Takata-related fatalities. And as a result, Stellanus issued a do not drive, can't get that out, do not drive order um, for these vehicles until the defective airbags have been replaced. Now, back in 2015, the automaker recalled more than 438,000 examples of 2003 Dodge Ram 1500s, 2500s, and 3500 pickup trucks over the faulty airbag inflator and owners were advised to visit their local dealer to replace the passenger frontal airbag. The National Highway Traffic Safety Administration estimates that around 84,000 of the recalled trucks remain unrepaired, putting occupants at a serious risk of injury or death. The vehicle involved in the May fatality brings the number of Stellanus vehicles in the Takata our favorite word, related stop-drive campaign up to five. The others include model year 2005 to 10 Chrysler 300s and Dodge Challengers, Chargers and Magnums. The automaker has made more than 210 million outreach attempts to owners, but an estimated 233,000 Chrysler and Dodge vehicles remain unrepaired. So they are urging owners to check for recalls on their vehicles and contact their local dealership to schedule those free repairs as soon as possible. You can find out if your car has a past recall by going to the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration's website, nhtsa.gov forward slash recalls and inputting your VIN, or you can find their Safer Car app. We're talking about windows and new windshield tech, and we're taking your vehicle repair questions. Our email address is auto excuse me, at mpbonline.org. Now we'll get back to our windows and new windshield tech discussion, but we're going to go to the phone lines. We've got George in Greenville on the line. George, you're on with Coach Charlie. Uh, My question is I have an O2 Mazda protege, and um, it's in good shape. I just recently spent about $600 putting spark plugs and new wiring and condensers and everything, and it runs like a champ. 
Uh, I also rebuilt the transmission about eight years ago, and, and transmission changed real good. But I noticed from time, so often my uh, little 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 light come on saying, "Well, it's dealing with the airbag, and it's got the airbag in the stern wheel, like like a, like the airbag that's coming out." And I'm, and, and I'm afraid that the airbag may jump out on me. So I'm wondering. I don't do it all the time. Every so often, I see that little. The red light come on and telling you something about the airbag. So I just need to know what's going on with that the red light showing me uh, the stern wheel and the airbag deploying. What is that? Okay, you always remember if the light comes on, that means that airbag is inoperable. That means it's not going to work. Okay, you, you'll see it on the right side for kids when they have a certain yeah, weight weight on that side uh, where if the light comes on, it's not going to work. But that's not saying it couldn't deploy, but it doesn't supposed to cut the power off to that airbag, so it does not uh, deploy. But what I would do, get a scan tool. Um, you know, uh, you can go to anywhere, get a scan tool, put a scan tool on it, and see what code that is. Because usually on that 2003, you may have a seat airbag. No two, it's O2. Okay, O2, you would still have a airbag in the dash, and you may have one in the seat. And usually it's the one that's in the seat is when that causes problems. Things get stuck under the seat, might have hit that sensor. And you hit a bump, it comes on, and you hit another bump, it goes off. So what I would do, get a scan tool, get, go somewhere, get it, put a scan tool on it, and check and see what that airbag, where, which one it is that's not working correctly. Okay, I think that's – and you, you, you sound right because it don't do it all the time. Maybe when I hit a bump or something uh, – it, I see it, then all of a sudden it'll go off, and I don't see it no more for three or four days. Then I hit another button, it may show up. Yeah, there could be so just a, me. could just be a wire connection underneath that seat. So you might want to just go get a scan tool, put it on there, let somebody read it, and tell you exactly where it's located. Now, once you find where it's located, then you just got to check the wires and see if they're in the connectors correctly. Okay. I have one other question. This is a hypothetical question, and I, you, you probably won't be able to answer this question, but uh, I, hear, I hear you talking about the sensors in the windshield now in the new cars where it tells you when you get too close to another car, it tells you it slows down if you're um, on a cruise and another car slowing down, you're doing six to seven miles an hour. Do these cars today, did we have more accidents? Do we have more accidents today than we had 40 years ago when we didn't have none of this stuff in the cars? Like I had a 55 Chevrolet and a 63 Pontiac. Uh, do we have more accidents today than we do with these? Was all these sensors supposed to help us with the accidents? I don't know if they had more accidents, but I do know is that maybe it keeps the consumer from paying attention as much and they're relying on something else to tell them when they're in another lane or tell them when they're coming too close to a vehicle. Maybe that may be a problem that we're not paying as much attention because we're hoping that the technology will give us heads up. Mm. Okay. All right. Mm. Well, I, I just had it. I just had it in the mind and I was just often thinking, uh, what if just if we don't keep the old? So I'm from the old school. I'm 71 years old, and I always look around me when I'm changing lane, doing anything. Even in my new car, with my wife drives, she has when she's bagging up, it tells you what what's behind you and all that kind of stuff. But I still look back because the old school guys had that kind of mind to look back. And I just often tell my wife, I say, look, 
this thing could go out and something could be back there that could fool you. So, you know, I'm just... Hey, and you're correct about that because what happens really is that our younger drivers do not look in their mirrors because yeah. they're depending on the technology to lead the way. Yeah. Yes, and that's what I was thinking. I'm, and, and, I'm, and I keep, even with all this in the new car my wife got, uh, I still look back, look both ways, look left, look right. Uh, and I know all that stuff in there, but I still worry about my own. Mm-hmm. I count on my own thinking, you know, my own ability to, to drive. I'm from the old school. So hey, thank you anyway for all your information. Continue being a defensive driver. That's right, Mr. George. <laughs> thank, thank you. Thank you. And I appreciate you. And y'all doing a great job. My, my hat's off to you guys. I love you guys and MPB Radio. So keep doing what you're doing. And Coach Keep coaching because a lot of cars breaking down out there. <laughs> they are. <laughs> Thanks, George. Thank George is right, though, but let me tell you what they're doing, Coach, on that backup thing, at least. They're making that back windshield even smaller, so you can't, if, even if you turned around, you can't see anything out of that thing. They that want you true. to use that they camera. They want you to use it. They're almost making, forcing you to use that That's camera. Right. Okay, let's stay on the phone lines. We're going to go to Jason and Jackson. Jason, you are on with Coach Charlie. All right. Thank you all for taking my call. Hope you're doing well. Um, I have a, a car question, I promise. But, uh, um, I, I recently bought an uh, um, outboard motor from 1959. It's called a British Seagull. And uh, to push my sailboat, and it works uh, great. It's a single-cylinder, two-stroke, 10 to one guest oil ratio. And you got a pull cord. And the whole thing about them is there's so easy to work on and few moving parts if there's something goes wrong it's either the spark plug or the carburetor and um so my question is this i'm an aspiring amateur mechanic and um um uh, of course don't have a shop (laughs) to work in but i was uh wondering if you could recommend a um either sedan suv truck it doesn't matter but the easiest car, preferably with airbags, to work on as a, you know, um, weekend DIYer, I guess. Well, you know, is, is according what year, how far you want to go back? You know, Ford, right. makes, Ford makes great trucks, Chevrolet, you know. Uh, they all make good vehicles, but there are certain ones to stay away from. Ford has some, Chevrolet has some, and you just what I would like you to do is do your research on which ones to stay away from because a lot of them had more problems, and some of them were major problems. So you I, yeah. so you want to be careful, you know. But if you go back. 10, 15 years, you can find a good truck, do it yourself. You know, they don't have all the electronics on it that we have today, but they do have right. most all vehicles have airbags on it. So just do your research, decide how far you want to go back and how mechanical are you. You know, I would try to stay away from drum brakes anymore. You know, a lot of people don't really like drum brakes because they're harder to repair and to replace. So try to stay with something that has disc brakes on it, you know, and Check the mileage on it, and always, if you are going to get something, always make sure that you put a scan tool on it before you buy it from anybody. Because a lot of times what happens, uh, the check engine light may not work on these vehicles, and then if the check engine light don't work, you're going to come up with something later that may not be what you was looking for. Hmm. Oh, good point. Okay. All right. All right, and I I want to throw in this. uh, When you offer a uh, weekend boot camp, 
for uh, aspiring mechanics. I'll, I'll sign up. For Me it. too. Okay, well, thank you so much. Me too, Jason. All right. Thank you. All right, thank you. Would right. it be military style, though, Coach? Because I can't sign up for that camp. Well, it wouldn't be military, but uh, you can ask my students if I ask you to do it one time that I don't want to ask you to do it twice. <laughs> Jay, what you got for coach? I was going to say that was interesting, though, because as opposed to figuring out, you know, what's the best one, just, you know, maybe Google the trucks over the past, especially if you're a certain era of truck you want to get into, like 80s or 90s or something like that. Yeah. Google the ones that, that had the most issues. And then you eliminate those, and then you got a huge cross section of trucks to pick from mm-hmm. that weren't necessarily mm-hmm. troublesome. Well, you know, I like, I like looking at it like that better as opposed to like, hey, is there one that was better? Right. I, I was um, getting some parts at a parts store the other day, and I had my shirt on that has my name and all on the back of it. And the guy says, uh, Do you know what a spider is? Okay. And a lot of people <laughs> don't know what a spider is, but a spider is a type of fuel system that General Motors had. Uh-huh. Okay, it looks like a spider. Yeah. Okay, and it sits on top of the intake. And he says, well, I'm, I'm going to replace all these different things because I have a miss in my truck. I said, well, why are you replacing all these different things and you don't even know what it is? I said, a spider is five or $600. I said, why would you want to replace that? Yeah. You know, and I think even our last caller thinking about what type of vehicle do you want and how much and how far do you want to go into that vehicle if you do have a problem? So you got to make sure that you're able to comprehend a little of the mechanical te- terminology in order to be able to find out what you want. Yep. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. That makes sense. Our email address where you can send questions is auto at mpbonline.org. I promise we're going to get back to talking about windows and windshield tech between your car repair questions. What's in the news? Does car insurance cover windshield replacement? I'll tell you more next. Thank you for listening to AutoCorrect on MPB Think Radio. The awesome and most knowledgeable coach, Charlie Melton, retired instructor from Clinton High School's Automotive Technology Program, is our expert host. And I'm just Jermaine Flood. (laughs) I hope you've downloaded our app for your smartphone, the MPB Public Media app. In addition to listening to our show on the MPB Public Media app, you can click on the support button and make a contribution. Contributions help keep our programs on the air for you and others to enjoy. And you know what? We thank you for your contribution to Mississippi Public Broadcasting. Autocorrect is heard on MPB Think Radio Thursdays at 10 a.m. with a replay Saturdays at 11 a.m. In the news, Does car insurance cover windshield replacement? Some of y'all already know that answer, at least as it relates to you and your insurance. But a chipped or a cracked windshield can be a quick and inexpensive fix. But a full windshield replacement can be costly. If you have car insurance with comprehensive coverage, your insurer may pay for repair or replacement and may even cover recalibration of an advanced driver assistance system, ADAS, which Coach taught me this morning. First thing inside of my office um, that uh, system windshield camera, if required, separate insurance for auto glass coverage, which can have a lower deductible or no deductible is available in select states from some insurance um, companies. So, yes, in many cases, car insurance does cover windshield damage. Um, However, though, if the damage is a result of an accident, your collision coverage may pay for it. Um, Both coverages usually have a deductible to meet before the insurance insurer will pay its
rates portion. Some insurance companies also offer specific auto glass coverage, um, depending upon what kind of window that you may have. Um, also, many insurers won't apply your deductible if the damage is just a small chip or a crack that can be repaired, even if you don't have full glass coverage. Um, the advanced driver assistance, assistance, that's hard to say, Coach. It is. We were trying to do it this morning. Advanced driver assistance system, the ADAS camera recalibration may also be covered as part of your glass claim. Not all auto glass installers can perform that recalibration, so you may have to visit a dealership for those repairs, but you can contact your insurance agent or company to see if that additional expense is covered by your policy. Um, Will another driver's insurance replace your windshield? Well, generally speaking, if another motorist is at fault in an accident, their liability insurance will pay for the damage. If you are the driver at fault in an accident, you will have to use your own collision insurance or pay out of pocket to repair or replace the windshield. And when the driver negligence is not an issue, such as a chip caused by road debris or acts of vandalism, your comprehensive insurance should cover the damage. Um, so there's so much more. You and There's also states that offer free windshield replacement. Um, these are zero deductible states. They include not us. <laughs> well, oh. well, I was just thinking, you know. Uh, the Coach, they must get legal clerks to write these things, man. Well, you know, you're thinking Come about. Come on, why, why, why do it in one word when 17 will do? That's right. Well, you Come know, on, NHTSA or whoever it is. <laughs> I was thinking, you know, uh, insurance coverage, you know, the commercial from Allstate that says mayhem, you know, understand what type of insurance you got, you know, before you go out and get it and what you're looking for, you know, and as Jermaine was saying about, uh, will the other company replace your windshield? Well, they will if you're uh, in a, if it's your fault, I mean, another person's fault, but in Florida, you know, you're going, you're on your own because they have the no fault insurance. Mm -hmm. So that's another thing. Yeah. 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 (laughs) So the states that offer free windshield replacement, Florida, Kentucky, and South Carolina. A lot of rocks. Yeah, we do, too, though. We've got a lot of rocks, too. Sure do. Um, So, yeah, I'll have a link to that story. But, yeah, the replacement and everything, Coach, for those ADAS systems, is that expensive? Have you done that yet? It's very expensive. Uh, Some of the windshields are $600, starting at $600, and you go to $15,000 to $2,000 on these sports cars. Oh, my stomach. Yeah. You just made my stomach hurt a little bit. Goodness gracious. Make your pocketbook hurt really a lot. Goodness gracious. So you do need insurance just to help offset some oh, yes. of this. Yes. It's, it needs to be had. Quick question. So my question is purchasing um, windshields uh, that are aftermarket versus the original from the the company, I guess, the factory. Is there – I felt – okay, I did it once on my Mini Cooper. I got the – what is it, the OEC? Is that the one that they call it? Is OEM. It? OEM. Right. Yeah, I, knew, I knew he was going to get me right. The OEM, um, which is not the original, right? No, it's the OEM is original equipment manufacturer. Okay. Well, I got the opposite one, which aftermarket. was this aftermarket one. And I felt, I don't know, it was thinner feeling. Well, and that's another thing you're going to think about. All the windshields supposed to be up to the National Highway Safety Association standards, mm-hmm. automotive uh, standards. But- you know, you just don't know where some of these windshields are coming from. Right. And so some of them may be different and as a thickness. Mm-hmm. You know, the thing is, just think about um, 
going out and get a windshield, we're always looking for the cheapest that we can do it. You know, if a windshield person tells we can do it for 70% cheaper than the other guy, mm-hmm. well, really, his markup must be pretty high, and it must not be a very good windshield if he can do it 70% cheaper than the other guy. Right. So you got to look, once again, compare apples to apples. Yeah, you get what you pay for. You get what you pay for, and it, like it says, if they cannot calibrate it, well, now you got to go to the dealer or somewhere else and get those after. get those cameras calibrated after you just spent five hundred dollars or whatever on a windshield, right? Just to get it calibrated. So went the opposite direction for the other one because I said, "Oh, well, I need another new windshield, and I want to get oh, I want that little sign that says Mazda or Mini Cooper <laughs> on that window." Had to wait forever. Well, if you think about it, uh, the insurance company that you have, they will tell you where to get a windshield. Because they're going to stand behind that windshield to make sure that it is up to standards. Mm-hmm. So anytime you have an accident or something and it's in a, uh, you take it to a body shop, they'll know. And like I say, but if you're doing it yourself and you're just going to that for the cheapest windshield, that may not be the best policy. All right. Jay, what you thinking over there? You, you've, you're in full thought. Every time you mention you had a Mini Cooper, I think of the commercials that ran on ESPN back in the 90s. <laughs> and it was just like... I know it was a it was a sixty minute commercial or sixty second commercial that used to run during Sports Center all the time. That was like it was warning people to look out for fake Mini Coopers, and I, it didn't say who it was made by or that why you were looking out <laughs> okay. for them. Okay. It was just so random. It looked like PSA. A, it, it looked like a like a spoof Saturday Night Live commercial, but this was running like was on real. Sports Center. It was real. Oh my and you're like, what is going? And I just remember they had this one guy and they masked his voice and he was like, a mini Cooper for twelve hundred bucks. Let's motor right. And then the guy goes wrong. And then, then he showed like an accident and a car goes flying into a million pieces. And I'm like, what is happening? And I just remember watching that, and going, I'm never, I'm never buying a I'm mini Cooper buy, ever, especially not from on anyone, especially not on the corner. Don't get it. Right. Right. Not for twelve hundred bucks. Yanko Motor. Wrong. Sorry. Anyway, <laughs> that was a nice squirrel that was a good moment. Thought. A nice squirrel moment. That's right. <laughs> I love that, though, Jay. Let's go to the phone lines. We've got Larry and Hazelhurst on the line. Larry, you're on with Coach Charlie. What is a normal fair price for a shop to replace spark plugs? Mm. Normal price? What type of vehicle? Well, a, a V6. It'd be six spark plugs. How much per spark plug? Okay. Now, is it an inline engine or a uh, sideways V6. engine? Okay, but is it in line where it's straight forward or is it uh, to the side? It's about a 10-year-old Kia van, and I think it's straightforward. I don't know that. Okay, so if it's like that, uh, that means that you, if it's straightforward, most of the time you ain't got to remove the uh, intake. Okay, if you ain't got to remove the upper plenum on most vehicles, spark plugs are going to cost you anywhere from 4 to $7 for that type of vehicle. Okay, uh-huh. so if you don't have to remove anything besides the coils and the uh, or spark plug wires, you can get that job done for about 150 bucks. Yeah, well, including the parts. I had a I had a, a shop worth twenty five dollars a piece, hundred and fifty just for the plugs, and over two hundred including labor. Of course, I didn't have that done. Uh, I I had just replaced some spark plugs in a uh, in the lawnmowers, about three or four of them, and, and you know, I paid six or seven dollars. I wasn't even paid twenty five dollars and uh, over a hundred dollars to install them. 
so uh, I, I haven't worked on cars in many years. I'm 86 years old, but I still do my lawnmowers. But I just didn't get that done. Besides, the fact that it still runs like new. Yeah, well, I, would, thank you very much. I would think that's a little I expensive. Can, yeah. I would think so. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, thank you, Larry. I was just. I was disappointed in that dealer, I'll tell you. Thank you. I understand that. <laughs> well, I understand if you take it to a dealer, that's the thing. If you take any vehicle to a dealer, they're going to charge you flat rate, mm. and that is what the book says. If it says two hours to do it, they're going to charge you between 185 to $200 an hour. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh, and I want to make sure this was not a local dealer, okay? Right. right. Thank you, Larry. Thank I, you for I've that call. Good, I've had good, respect, good results dealing with our local dealers. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. That's good to hear. Right. All right. Thank you, Larry. Thank you so much for that. Coach, I've got a first car story. I'm following up on some of these nice comment emails that people have sent us. Um, this was a follow-up to our first car episode. Uh, my first car was a 60-something Chevy Nova, uh, Chevy 2 Nova, shared with my sisters. It was not automatic and was known to get stuck in a certain gear. One day it got stuck in reverse, so I drove it home in reverse. (laughs) It was hard to decide which lane to drive in, but I drive in the left lane with the flow of traffic, but in reverse. It was a small town. When my dad saw me back into our driveway, it was the first time I heard him cuss. (laughs) (laughs) Could you see driving all the way home backwards with the flow of traffic? That's pretty impressive, That's actually. That's pretty impressive. Well, now, if you think about the flow of traffic and how fast were they going and how fast was she going in reverse. Right. Well, I'm surprised she drove in the flow of traffic for that long and no one said anything. You're right. Small town. In a small town. Small town. Especially in a small town. They were like, something's happening. We y'all ain't going to get involved. We're not going to get involved in this situation. Oh, see, in a small town, I figured they'd be like, y'all come look. Cindy lost it. <laughs> That's true. Yeah. We knew something was going to go on with that girl. She's into sleeping pills again, and she's driving backwards through town. Because that's actually where I've heard that happen before. So we better go pull her over. Take that Ambien, all of a sudden you wake up, you're sleeping backwards, you're driving backwards on the interstate. Well, to the person who wants me to leave them anonymous, thank you so much for that story. We'll we'll leave it anonymous. (laughs) We're discussing windows and new windshield tech and taking your car repair questions. You can send us an email to auto at mpbonline.org. We've got a new car review from Casey Williams coming up and Coach's Tip of the Week. This is AutoCorrect on MPB Think Radio. Here's a new car review from Casey Williams. It's Auto Casey on AutoCorrect. Often when people come to me looking for a new car, what it sounds like they want is a stolen Swiss Army knife. They want everything, and they really don't want to pay for it. Well, the car we have this week is pretty close, the 2024 Subaru Crosstrek. It's been completely redesigned. The fenders are a little bit crisper. The interior is redesigned with a tablet-style touchscreen, and it looks really cool. And, of course, being a Subaru has all the crash avoidance systems, including accident evasive steering. Very cool. Underneath the skin, a two-liter four-cylinder engine. There was 152 horsepower, 145 pound-feet of torque, and you still get good gas miles. 27 miles per gallon in the city, 34 on the highway. And it has standard all-wheel drive with 8.7 inches of ground clearance. So you can do a little bit of off-roading to get that favorite fishing spot. So let's talk about price. You're not going to steal it, but it's also very reasonable. It starts just under $25,000. This one, all in, just under $29,000. See the full video on his YouTube channel, 
Auto Casey and listen to AutoCorrect on the MPB Think Radio YouTube channel. This is AutoCorrect. If you've missed any of our program, you can listen to the whole show from autocorrect.mpbonline.org. AutoCorrect is heard on MPB Think Radio Thursdays at 10 a.m. with a replay Saturdays at 11 a.m. Stay tuned after the show at 11 a.m. It's Southern Remedy Kids and Teens. I'm Jermaine Flood and our expert is Coach Charlie Melton. It's time for Coach Charlie's Tip of the Week. You know, we're talking about windshields and cameras and calibration. Just make sure that you, like Rain said, first of all, make sure you go get to know what your insurance covers on glass and make sure that all these cracks and these little chips that you get them repaired so those uh, systems, those advanced warning systems can work correctly. Yeah, yeah. Make sure you do all that. If you've got that ADAS... I'm crossing my fingers for you, buddy. That's right. I'm crossing my fingers. We're going to go to the phone lines again. We've got Lewis imbued. Lewis, you're on with Coach Charlie. Hey, good morning. Good morning. Okay, uh, I know a lot of uh, they have a uh, ceramic tint now. Uh, will that affect the, uh, the heads-up display on the front windshield? Say that one more time for me, Lewis. They have ceramic tint for the windshield? Ceramic tint. Okay. Oh, yeah, the different type tents on there. And that's another thing you got to be very careful about, uh, making sure the tent is not too dark where it cannot see out that camera because, you know, it's different type of lighting for that camera. You know, I always thought about, you know, if you're coming up on a cruise, if you're cruising and you got your cruise control on, if that camera, how does it work? It either works from the speed or just say your bright lights. We'll do the one with the bright lights. Uh, you can drive along, your bright lights are on, but as soon as it sees those red lights on the back of the vehicle, mm-hmm. it goes back dim. So once again, you got to make sure that that tent's not too dark on top of that windshield so that camera can be able to see it. And that's during the replacement. That's your right. question, right, Lewis? It's all replacement-based, right? Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah, you know, because most of the uh, glass that you get, you can get it tinted or you can get it where it's just tempered. You can get those, and it will make sure that it is uh, the right type for the calibrations. Well, okay. Well, thank you. Mm, thank you, Lewis, for giving us a call. So, yeah, those calibrations matter. The tent matters when it comes to putting new windshields in. Well, you think about Ford used to have, matter of fact, my Ford truck had Ford on the top of the windshield. Mm-hmm. Okay, it was into the glass. Okay, it had Ford. Well, the new one I got for it does not have Ford on there. Right. Okay, because it was the aftermarket. Okay. Yeah. Any glass you get, once again, if it's from the insurance, if the insurance sends you there, it's going to be recommended. It's going to be up to standards for that vehicle. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. If you take it where the insurance says. But if you get one of these glasses, some guy driving down the road and says, hey, I got a glass for $100 and you know it's an $800 glass, something's wrong. Where, where that man driving down the road get that? <laughs> get that windshield. So where did he get that windshield? I got some glass for you right here in my trench coat. That's the guy with the 1,200 ribeyes for $25. <laughs> That's right. Where does he get all that? Where does he get those ribeyes from? And they're in the trunk on ice. On you ice. know that, right? That's right. That's where you want that. That's where you want to buy that from. 
They are in the truck on ice. Um, uh, we have got an insurance comment, Coach. I'm going to read this real quick before we get out of here. He says, I never heard of the rule of 78, but y'all are absolutely right on the insurance rates. At the time, I was in a bit of financial hardship dealing with my wife's health. I ended up having to purchase a vehicle through Capital One, Toyota, and they hit me hard with high rates. The car was 13000 and if I keep the car for the full six years, it will cost 27000 And then I found out every day I went past the due date, I was being charged a per diem fee. My plant manager is an accountant, and he liked to lease his vehicles, and I asked him what he would do, and he said if the car runs good and is pretty new and not having high miles, he said keep it and try to pay it off as soon as possible. That's coming from TC. So that's, that's that there. You gave good advice there, and... He was happy that we uh, mentioned the rule of 78. 78. Coach, you, you always give you give good advice and you got people thinking about you when they ain't even around you. Well, we just got to find out and make sure that we put out the best information and most accurate information to everybody. Right, right. When it deals with cars. That's right. Any last comments on windshields and windshield tech other than your, your coach's tip of the week? You know, uh, there's two types of calibration. There's a static calibration and a dynamic calibration. calibration. Okay. Some cars require one... Subaru requires both of them. A static means that it's in a controlled environment. Mm-hmm. And a dynamic means it's driving down the road mm-hmm. so they can see that camera working. You know, so you can make sure you know what your vehicle has to have is if they can do both of them or they only do one. Okay. Okay, okay, I like that. Coach has always got the good tips. Hey, y'all make sure y'all email him as well. He'll, he'll answer those emails and we'll right. read those out to everybody. And that'll wrap us up for today's AutoCorrect. Our crew engineers, Abram Nanny, Jay White, our call screener, Java Chapman. For Coach Charlie Melton, Master Technician, I'm Jermaine Flood. Thanks for listening to AutoCorrect on MPB Think Radio. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand.